0: Welcome to our new show, The Alternative Triathlon Commentary, hosted by three young lads making their way into the pro field, racing long course triathlon. We are here to share our journey, tips, and a few good laughs. We will bring you an entertaining mix of pro insights, race analysts, and stories that will inspire you. From mastering your triathlon training routine to preparing for your first race, we have got you covered. But that's not all. Get ready for some inspiring chats with top athletes in multi-sport racing, those who've tasted victory, and those who've overcome adversity. Whether you're a beginner dipping your toes into triathlon lifestyle, or an intermediate triathlete looking to hit that next PR, the Alternative Triathlon Commentary is your fortnightly dose of information, inspiration, and good old humor. So, what are you waiting for? Dive right in, subscribe or follow the Alternative Triathlon Commentary, and join us on this extraordinary journey. Welcome to the Alternative Triathlon Commentary, episode one, uh, hosted by Brett, Ben, and Jaden. Um, we're just going to give the listeners a bit of an intro um, and explanation uh, of uh, how we kind of got to where we are and, uh, and our journey. And we're going to kick things off with uh, Jaden. G'day, guys. I'm
1: Jaden, um, 23 years old, coming through the ranks a little bit. It's. Um, yeah that's a poor start um i <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't really know what to say about myself but um fell into triathlon oh, three and a half, four years ago um was racing bikes um across new zealand and in europe with ben as well actually um throughout my teenage years and came back from europe and um, didn't really enjoy it but found myself um loving triathlon so yeah, three years later, I'm still still trying to make it. Nowhere near the top, but we'll get there one day. So, yeah.
0: Cheers, Jaden. And uh, Ben, if you could just give a bit of a brief uh, outline on your journey so far.
2: Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi, listeners. Um, my name's Ben. And I am a triathlete. Converted cyclists into a triathlete, did a put, put. um, yeah, like Jaden said, um, I was did cycling all through school, um, really enjoyed it, did cycling after school for a bit, um, enjoyed it until I stopped enjoying it and then picked up triathlon did my first 70.3 in March 2021 and it went quite well and then we just haven't stopped since um just kept doing race after race Uh, and then earlier this year we took our pro license in March and we've only done one pro race since but we're making steps in the right direction and yeah really enjoying the triathlon journey um so you're just going to keep plugging away and keep racing keep enjoying and doing it for as long as we can until it becomes unsustainable
0: mm. yeah cheers Ben. um right so yeah i'm the i'm the non-cyclist uh going into triathlon um running background and uh basically yeah just just track and field when i was in uh, high school um Hadn't swam and like really at all, so I uh, decided to do my first triathlon about four years ago uh, at the age of 26. And um, yeah, just started off doing a few sprint tries and try to learn how to swim and um, build up to the half distance to challenge Wanaka after about two months of training. And uh, yeah, got a definitely um, really enjoyed it. and Yeah, decided to see how far I could take it, really. So, um, yeah, just like Ben and Jaden, just been um, mainly doing the 70.3 distance, half Ironmans, and uh, racing in New Zealand, and uh, started to race a few overseas in the last few years, and managed to get the pro license at the start of the year. Um, And, yeah, haven't raced my first pro race yet. Got cancelled in Canada with the... Fires headed over there with Ben, so that was a bit disappointing. But um we've all got Lankawi Half Ironman coming up uh, in October. So looking forward to that. Um so yeah, now you know a bit about us. Um we're gonna be running through uh the this week's topic, uh, hot topic of the week. Um and with uh racing in Lankawi coming up, it's uh high heat, high humidity, and uh, we thought we'd share some uh some of our tips and um, a few things we use to stay uh, uh, cool in the heat and combat that because um, we all know in racing, it's, it's quite a big thing, endurance racing, especially keeping the body temperature down. Um, so, yeah, we'll start with uh, with Jaden. What have you been doing, mate, um, in the lead up to Langkawi to uh, give you the edge?
1: Yeah, I think there's probably not much science to it, I think. I've had a bit of experience having raced them, um, in the Philippines in March. So I got a bit of a taste of what was working and what wasn't working. So I've kind of adjusted that for my lead in coming into Malaysia. I would say it's probably not as intense as um, my run into the Philippines, but I've kind of kept the sessions that really work well. So for me, it's pretty simple. I'm just um, stressing the body via heat sources whether it be in a sauna or in a spa straight after swimming um i was lucky enough to talk to a doctor about it and he just said as long as you're submerging your body or you know surrounding yourself in heat where your core temperatures um exposed to that stress you're, you're you'll be adapting to a degree so um my favorite kind of workouts is jumping in the sauna straight after a run you know your body's quite hot already so um you know like I could jump into a sauna um, any time of the day and last a fair amount of time, but you go in after a hard run and you'll be struggling to last 10, 15 minutes. So um, that's what I've been doing. That's I've been going What's that?
2: What's the longest you've made it in a sauna.
1: Well, I've noticed that the... Um, i got I got two that I go to here in Wellington. I'm, in, I'm currently based in Wellington. Um, one of them I can last... Oh, pretty much 25 30 minutes no problem um, but one at killburny I, I struggled to last 20 minutes 15 minutes tops sort of like sort of thing
0: um getting into those sauna battles
1: well today i was in a bit of a in a bit of a dark mode in the sauna i came out feeling a bit dizzy and nauseous, which was probably pushing my body a bit too far yeah that was after about 20 minutes
0: it's probably yeah. what it's gonna be yeah, like
1: the, guy, the, the guys come in every, every 10, 15 minutes and they they bring the spray bottle with like the eucalyptus oil in it. That's fancy. And, and they like spray the rocks and stuff like that and yeah. it like goes up another 5, 10 degrees.
0: Yeah, we're not getting that at Kiwi too, mate. Um, I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, like
2: saunas, steam saunas or infrared?
0: Um, just so, steam, steam, steam yeah. saunas with the rocks. It's pretty basic down here in South Island, mate. We don't have all the, the high-tech stuff like you guys do up north.
2: Um, <laughs> mine, mine's the steam sauna as well. I've um, a you know, big hot
0: box uh,
1: Oh,
2: yeah. Um,
1: yeah. I've never been in, like, the actual steam rooms
0: before. No, you haven't tried the steam rooms?
1: No. no, I don't really want to. It seems a bit – seems like, I don't know, not my jam. I quite yeah. like
0: it. I'm not, I'm not sure the differences from um, staying to sauna, but um, I know sauna's probably more popular. And, and, and Jaden, you've been known to do some freakish um, heat training, um, indoors on the bike, full gear on, hats, gloves, uh, middle of summer sort of thing. Can you talk yeah. us through that?
1: Yeah, and to my Philippines leader, I would it would be like 20, 25, 27 degrees outside, and I'd jump in my garage with no fan and put all my winter gear on, so like Booties, leg warmers, knee warmers, two or three jackets, you know, beanie, cap, buff, yeah. gloves, everything.
0: That's been thermal
1: Yeah, they were they were good to a degree. Um, I felt like I got more benefit out of jumping into a sauna after a after a run. So I've yeah. I haven't I haven't done those those kind of active heat sessions. But I mean we've been lucky enough to have pretty warm weather in Wellington to, to some degree. And I just kind of keep my jacket on for a little bit longer or, you know, if I'm doing an indoor training, I just won't have the fan on for a portion of my ride just to kind of get the body temp up a little bit more. Um, yeah.
2: You just, so that's like, one of the changes you've made in your lead up this time.
1: Yeah. I think, um I think i I think I'm fo- focusing more on quality obsession rather than, um stressing stressing my body through heat um so that's probably one one change i've made so it'll be interesting to see how i feel um leading into the next race once i get there
0: yeah no i mean i guess you having that um that race over in philippines is going to help you help you at lane yeah, i haven't raced in anything uh, this hot we're going to do so that's obviously what I'm heading across a bit earlier and and Ben have you done much racing in this sort of heat and and if not you know what are you going to do what are you gonna do in the race to keep yourself cool and, and leading in
2: um looking at past races I didn't realize how hot career was but career was was a full distance race and the average temperature on the run was. 29 degrees, and there wasn't that much shade about, so mm. I've got a little bit of exposure, and I always find the mounts always pretty warm in the end of January, um, so we always got some heat exposure there. But I think this will be maybe a different type of heat. Um, I guess we'll find out when we get there. Like, but I was what I was doing. I've been doing sauna sessions as well, and. I was kind of surprised by the way it had been feeling early on, and I thought maybe we'd picked up even some heat adaptation from Canada because that was 30 plus degrees most days yeah, rolled heat, heat
0: adaptation and dust adaptation.
2: Yeah, <laughs> sure. well, you know, it took a few days for the lungs to clear it all out once we yeah. got home. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, in, terms of, in terms of race day, I'll be just. I think it'll be really important for every aid station just to kind of get any cool water and ice, um, on your body, down your suits just to keep your your body temperature as cool as possible. Um, without sure. trying to soak your socks too much and get blistered, but <laughs> just just keeping the cool body temperature down as much as possible and kind of, um, Understanding how hard you're pushing so you don't kind of go into the red because it's really important once, um, especially racing in the heat. Like, once you go into the red, it's really hard to kind of bring your core body temp back down. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we saw it's firsthand cool. the other day of uh, was it that Flinders triathlete from England coming into the home stretch mm-hmm. in uh, is it Netherlands? Yeah, uh, yeah, looking like he's coming home from a, a big nine and ten. And he just made it down the, uh, the home stretch. So you don't want to be looking like that in Lankawi. Um Just just touching on something you said before as well, getting your feet wet. Um, Jaden, you drenched your feet in Philippines and uh, that didn't really end too well for you, did it?
1: Uh, it's, um, it's like a, I don't know, like a win-loss situation you get going. They had fire trucks on the course in, in um, Philippines and they'd be hosing us down. And as great as it felt on the first lap, I soon realized that my toes were getting quite sore. So I kind of avoiding the fire trucks on the, on the second lap, and I just ended up with the biggest blisters and lost both my all my toenails. Um, Ouch.
2: Ouch!
0: Yeah, and uh, it, it, they it, it, they
1: you, notice down it, you noticed it in the last five k, where you, you just starts to get too uncomfortable, where you can't keep the pace up. Yeah, just could Toes are are rubbing and.
2: You know, I had the same experience um, in the mount last year. Just like best tip is don't wear thick socks. I yeah. found, and I think I was wearing Asics I find as well, like half size. If you're always going to go up half a size on Asics, like thick socks mm-hmm. and a small pair of asics yeah.
0: Yeah, the that's, a, that's a hot tip that is so thin socks if you're getting your feet wet and uh yeah you probably wouldn't want to go about socks because um that'd just be even worse we'll yeah. hear them stories um ben do you want to just give us a bit of a briefing on your only is it omnius headband which we've seen a lot of the pro triathletes wearing now people probably wonder what they have on their forehead um we're seeing more of them more of them now what are they what does it do yeah,
2: so it's like a, it's an ominous headband, I believe, and they're not cheap, but I How have...
0: are they retailing
2: for? Uh, 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 too much, really, to be honest. Yeah. For, <laughs> for, for like 10 pieces of graphite, but right. it, the trade-off is, is that I haven't bought a new tri-suit because I've already got... Two decent tri suits, and I don't need a third one. Are you um, still
0: Are you still running the black tri suit over in the yeah? So right, I've got
2: a full black tri suit. So the trade off is, if you wear a black tri suit, but you wear the headband, it must it must balance out and be caught Might as well.
0: Uh, are you not tempted to uh, go for something similar, to Christian Blumenfeld's full whiteout? Or, um,
2: I don't think I have the rig to pull that off. Really, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's fair a, enough. Yeah. He's a specimen and he makes it work because he's also winning races. Like maybe if we if we started winning some races we could go like the whole Van der Poel spec white bibs, you know. Um I rate it. I reckon it's such a good look.
0: I reckon I reckon, I, I like it too. I don't yeah. like it like, if, if you, you have it, if you're having toilet issues though, it's probably not a good look is it having uh having the full no, white yet. Okay. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Touchwood. We have never had any toilet issues during a triathlon. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah. So, um, um so the headband the whole key, yeah. Sorry, we keep down. Yeah, there. yeah. It's so like, it's got graphite in it, and and what it's it's th- thermally conductive, and it it absorbs, um, it absorbs water that cools your forehead.
2: So the the headband pieces are made of graphite, and they. I guess they just use that material probably because it's cheap, but it um, increases the surface area and it's simple physics. When something evaporates, it leaves like a cooling sensation. So you've got the headband on your head, the water evaporates out of the headband and it'll cool your forehead, which then kind of trips your body into um, reducing your core body temperature.
0: Yes, yeah, so um, thinks it thinks it's cooler than it is, which in turn improves performance. Is that right? Yes,
1: it's yep. a pretty new product though. Like, is there any papers on it?
0: I did um, read something saying that it hadn't been, I don't know, they Probably haven't done any study Yeah, I'm not sure. But
2: if you see people wearing them at Kona, and you're a sucker of a, if you're a sucker of a consumer like me, then. Uh,
0: yeah. Wow. Well it's just it's just it's just like calf sleeves now, everyone's got them. And uh if Sam Lalo's wearing them, then uh he had one, didn't he? Uh, nice. Uh Braden Curry had one. The question um, I wanna
2: ask, two questions. Yeah. Was Sam Laidlow's calf sleeves or compression socks <laughs> or a mixture of both? Yeah. And my second question is will you wear calf sleeves in Langkao if a non wetsuit swim?
0: Right, um, go on, David. You, you answer.
2: I don't know
1: if you – around. I think is there a rule around wearing calf sleeves
0: in non-rit Um, I've seen people do it. I oh, I personally think no, because it'd just be strange swimming with them on. But um, uh, I'll probably do and, it. Are you gonna? Yeah, I mean, not, I'm not gonna fath right, around like, in T1 putting them on either.
1: I don't know, yeah. It probably depends on... I don't know if there is a rule or not on it, or if people put them on in T1.
0: Yeah. Well, it depends on how much time you think you're going to make up with them on. I mean, what are they... I, I, I saw some the other day. It was saying, like, six minutes across an man distance with uh, those compression ones that Laidler had on. I mean, they are a bit bigger, his ones, aren't they? And he, he took his time yeah, putting yeah. them on, but obviously... Um, that you know, paid off for him in the end. I don't think it's just the AeroSocks doing the work though. He's obviously a bit of a freak on the bike. Um, and yeah, okay. Now, on course, obviously, listeners are going to be wanting to know how to say cool as well. So I think it's important just to uh, take your time in aid stations. And, you know, I've said to my athletes before, um, you know, even walk the aid stations and just get on hydration if you're in a hotter climate you need to um take on more electrolytes than usual and and you know you don't want to be rushing through and not getting them on it can uh, come back to bite you in the ass later on so um taking on more electrolytes and, and taking your time for aid stations is key um if they've got ice i mean in cans i used ice quite a bit i put it down my suit um putting it in the groin area um is a good way to to cool yourself down um
2: that's a good sign though. If they had ice in cans, they'll hope have yeah. they ice in
0: Lake Well yeah, it'd be good. Uh, slushy ice would be nice as well. I don't know if you uh saw Tour de France, they they're on the slushy ice internal cooling, they reckon, um, before they start the the, the, the race, ice vests. I mean, I don't think we're gonna get ice vests, but um
2: yeah. Well, are we gonna get a slushy machine in, over there as well?
0: No, I wouldn't mind one, honestly.
2: <laughs> I was um. You pack one. You got <laughs> get an extra bag and bring the slushy machine. Bring the slushy, slushy yeah.
0: machine, there's going to be slushies. Jaden like, and
2: I will bring. We'll bring the the food coloring for flavour.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, slushy goes hard on a long ride. Uh, slushy and an ice cream.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, I just was like holding ice in my mouth when I was when I was running.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They reckon bite it like bite it up and and. And it helps with internal cooling. Um, Yeah, all down your suit if they've got it going. um.
1: I've just um, searched up. um, You can only use calf sleeves when it's wetsuit legal.
0: Right. There we go. go. So you got to put them on in T1. Yep. Right.
1: I think I think it's because there's a fine line. line. I think it's because a fine line, like you could make them neoprene and make them like as as a bit of a pool boy
0: extent
2: new pass
0: float in this one <laughs> yeah mate it'll be that hot you probably won't want to put them on anyway but um nice all right um well hopefully everyone's taking away a few uh few tips and tricks for hacking the heat um I mean in New Zealand it only you know really gets super hot and what well, Toronga Wanaka are pretty hot to be fair um but the total really rain
2: Weather forecast says average temperature in October is 27. The lowest is 23, and the highest is 31.
0: What's the humidity?
2: Um, I haven't got humidity. Right. But I do have, it says, 26 days of rainfall.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bring your raincoat, or is that the the, uh, cooling we're looking for?
2: Hopefully it's yeah. just, you know, afternoon storms that roll in and, you know, they count it as a day of rain. It rains for, yeah. an hour. Got another day, morning well, rainfall.
0: That, yeah, that's going to make the bike um, interesting, I can imagine, because it looks like it's quite um quite a few turns and and stuff around the island. It's just one big 90k loop around the Lankawi, right?
2: Yep, yep. You're going to scope it out for us and tell us everything we need to know.
0: Yeah, hopefully I get over there early. Uh, well, I am getting over there early um, <laughs> with uh, Mike, and we'll do some uh, some course uh, recon and let you boys know. So, um, yeah, I'm nine days before the race. I think uh, Ben's, what, a week out. And, Jaden, you've gone for a shorter three-day. Yeah, but mine was a bit of a stuff-up. I booked
1: the wrong day and just haven't been – I just – haven't changed it because hmm. of the the cost to change your flight
0: yeah yeah, yeah fair enough yeah, are you going to be like sleeping in the sauna the Good week $30. leading in or what's that are you going to be sleeping in the sauna the week leading in
1: <laughs> i don't know i might just sleep with an extra blanket, blanket. <laughs> i might i might sleep in my 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 uh winter riding gear
0: yeah if you were in it still mate i've uh, my flatmate's got this kind of portable sauna. Um I mean it looks a bit it looks a bit ropey to be fair, but and he got it off he got it somewhere well, China or something and um he you sit in it and your hands your hands like come out and your head just sticks out the top and um you just plug it in and away you go. Have you seen oh, that so yeah, you, like, I've seen it.
2: use yeah. your phone and like be in the sauna and probably like play chess at the same time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well it might get a bit um bit wet and sticky on your phone there ben but um yeah i mean my mate my flatmate put it in he used to do it in the lounge i i never felt very comfortable um having someone sauna in your lounge but um yeah i mean if you can get your your sauna your portable sauna and then you can get one of those attitude tents whacked over your bed um you know you're basically on training camp oh yeah
2: if someone's selling an altitude ten ton bike shelf. If you've got an extra like four
0: thousand dollars, are they four thousand dollars? I'd rather what's... spend the money on flights and go over to Kenya for a few few months, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, altitude training—that's a—that's another topic we can get to. Um, yeah, We're uh, some interesting. Uh... In
2: what's that? We need to do altitude training in New Zealand? <laughs> yeah, well, bedroom. uh,
0: head up to Wanaka wouldn't you head up to um, the Pisa range well Snow Farm they do a bit um, of stuff up there I think Um, but I mean you know it's not ideal for cycling really is it Um, uh, after seeing quite a few athletes who did training camps at altitude and have not great performance in Nice it's, um, it's definitely something to talk about um going forward and and what works for different people and if if it's if altitude training's the way and not for some people i guess with the with the norwegians doing it a bit more or doing it it's kind of made it quite popular again but um yeah would you boys be keen to do some attitude camps going forward
2: Uh, yes but um, yeah. and you have, have someone there kind of making sure you do it properly yeah it's not well think you can do it by yourself and just be like oh go to yeah,
0: yeah it seems like a lot of athletes will go to altitude and then go right I'm here I'm gonna train really hard and just don't realize the extra stress in their body and end up you know smashing four weeks and then coming down to sea level and just being cooked um yeah it, I mean there's it's it, you can't train as hard when you're high up. So you've
2: got well, to, you shouldn't uh, really be doing intensity.
0: No, in my, that's at least my
2: understanding that not in the first two weeks. If you do any intensity, it's in the last
0: week. You do it, yeah, yeah. yeah all right, well, that's a topic for another day. Um, we're just going to finish on uh workout of the week. Um, so I'd like you both to share a major workout of your week and the lead at to Langkawi. Um, and yeah, Jaden, do you want to kick things off?
1: Oh, work out of the week we had a pretty tough um i'm gonna pick my run workout because that was a good fun a good fun workout but we did a we did a nice 6k swim just two hours ago we did eight 300s um after 2100s so that was that was a big set a solid but it was, awesome. it was it was fun it was good turnout and we had a bit of fun balancing cups on our on various parts of our body and <laughs> <laughs> and getting little ping-pong balls down to the other side of the um other side of the lane um, for a warm-up. So it was quite a, a fun warm-up and but also a good tough set to finish off. And then we finish off with some various um, short sprints as well to get some um, high turnover while we're fatigued. So I quite enjoyed that one today. But um my run was probably my workout of the week. I did uh five by mile repeats. Um the odd miles I did broken in 400s um, at a slightly higher higher intensity to race pace. And then obviously, well, not obviously, but my um, um, second or fourth mile were just at race pace or a little bit faster than race pace. Um, it was good to get some consistency in my running. I haven't had that for quite a while, so I felt
0: good. So yeah, I nice, the other week. Have you been looking on my Strava and copying my workouts? Because I did five point mile on um, Sunday.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no. I um, woke up on Monday morning and sat in bed with my partner, and I said, "Oh, what workout should we do?" And she picked the workout for me. So that's that's how I rolled into it.
0: Yeah, I guess this is the advantage of being what um, self self coach. Now you just um, you, you can choose your workouts on uh, when you get up in bed.
1: Yeah, I think I'll start doing that. I'll start getting her to pick my run workouts.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I can't, now, can't expect it. what's that? Aren't we all self-coached now?
0: We are. Yeah, the the three self-coached athletes. Um Yeah, well, talking about self self-coach, self-coaching, uh, Ben. What was your self-coached uh, session of the week? <laughs> um. What day? Okay. Gonna... I saw you did a long ride. You did you did quite a long ride midweek. or was that? The weekend.
2: I did like, I did quite a few rides last week. I'll do. I'll talk about the session I'm basically going to do again tomorrow. Um, because I'm in Auckland, and if you live in Auckland, hopefully you agree that the riding around here is notoriously rubbish. <laughs> um, like traffic lights, I just can't hack them anymore especially riding on the TT bike. So I'm either riding on Swift or now driving out to Cleveland to do out and back to Maritai in Kawakawa Bay because, well, the road surface is still terrible, but it's flat pitch, flat enough, uh, no traffic lights, nice rolling terrain, reasonably quiet. Get down the bars, do a session properly, so... Last Wednesday, which will be, like, the same day as I'll do tomorrow, um, I'll get up and I'll go to swim squad in the morning, try to do 4 to 5K, um, and just do whatever set that we get. It's a lovely thing about swim squad. we got no idea what we're doing, and it's normally pretty brutal. Um, and then I'll, I'll then come home and have some breakfast and then drive up, leave them, um, And I'll do three hours of the bike. And. I'll do three by 30 minute efforts. All kind of target. Race power. um, With five minutes in between. That's just a session that. Kind of really. I really respond well to it. And I've done it in the past. So like. Other 70.3's in the lead up. Um, So I know it works well. For me. And then I'll quick change and run off the bike last week I did I jumped off the bike and I was did kind of 2 by I was thinking I would do 3 but I didn't really want to make it a superhero workout so I just did 2 5k's of what might have been race pace uh, with 1k easy in between and then just a few k's easy jogging afterwards but I'll probably just run easy off the bike tomorrow.
0: Yeah. That's a pretty solid day then, mate. It's pretty much a half-on, man. Just a bit of a shorter run, yeah? So. Yeah,
2: it's, it's basically a five-hour day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if I, I don't do much else on my Wednesday.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I can't imagine you're putting the feet up and playing chess, I can imagine, for the rest of the day. Is that right? <laughs> playing chess? Yeah. I'll, well, me and Ben figured I've had a bit of a thing for chess when we went to canada um and yeah got us through the, the few weeks we were there anyway um yeah do you play chess jane
1: uh fun fact i actually um during my primary school years i was in the in the school chess club
0: oh here we go uh-huh.
1: But um, yeah. I, I, I only did it for a year and I, I I pulled out after a year. I didn't didn't really enjoy it.
0: Oh, okay. Just decided to go for the cycling instead. Oh, I mean, I I can't remember many sportsmen being in the chess club at school, but um here we are. <laughs> yeah. I think I think it was Queen's Gambit that got me and then I yeah. Anyway. This is a triathlon podcast, not chess. But um Eddie, I will I'll run through my workout. I haven't done it this this week. Um if I can do it, I had a had a bit of a whoopsie on the bike today, but we'll uh
2: mm-hmm. what's that?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll be all right. This bit a bit bruised, ego's a bit bruised as well. Um so yeah, just I'll do I'm gonna do a bit of a three way just like you're doing, Ben, on the weekend. I'll do 30 minutes swim just five hundred easy and I'll do a K at race pace. Straight onto the bike. Three hours. I'm gonna aim for five five by eight minutes at ninety percent with two minute recovery in between. Just a seventy point three race pair, and then off that, I'm just gonna keep the run short because I've got a hard run the next day. So just twenty minutes with with fifteen minutes of that at race pace, just to just to get the legs used to running off the bike. But I haven't been doing too much straight bricks off the bike um, recently. So uh, yeah, best to start doing some. We've, uh, we've got three weeks till um, about three weeks till we go head to Langkawi. So yeah. three weeks, awesome.
1: two and two and a half, mate.
0: Is it two and a half? Yeah. Well, I'm flying there this time next week, pretty much. Um, Malaysian Airlines. So, wish me luck. Nah, it'll be fine. <laughs> <'cause>
2: I'm <flying. laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'll, looking at this week as like the last big week, and then because yeah. I got to taper off. I leave on Thursday, basically, because I'm going to Christchurch for the road relays.
0: Oh, yeah. You are doing um, road relays, aren't you? Uh, yeah. What lap are you running? I got no idea. Right. You, well, well, I you know there's longer laps. No, there's 11K laps.
2: Yeah, I'm not doing the 11K. I think I might be doing, like, the fourth one and the last one. Yeah.
0: You're running for whippets, that's right? Yeah. Have you, so, like, have you made the A team? Probably, or? Yeah
2: uh yes i did thank oh,
0: you oh well you'll be in the hunt with UC for the uh for the dub yeah so um I don't,
2: don't go <laughs> should we talk about our pacing strategy how we did it what's that mate should we talk about our pacing strategy
0: oh oh yeah well when we were in canada run down me and ben went there for i'm in canada and um, after a week of being there, they called a state of emergency and because um, of the, the fires in BC uh, and um, canceled the race. So we were kind of left there uh, super fit and tapered and uh, no race. So, um, yeah, we uh, Ben did a 5K TT on the, on the track to get into his weapons team. So I sat on the e bike and, uh, yeah, nice little 1455 for you. Um, and then two days later, we did <laughs> park run in uh, Richmond and Vancouver, and um, yeah, went one, two, and that, and got the record, didn't we, mate? So um,
2: yeah, yeah, on man
0: cool. training is actually good for five k training. So you should you should uh, maybe give some of those Whippets guys a few tips when you're uh, when you're there in a week.
2: Give <laughs> some pure runners an idea of like how they need to be doing more training because I'm training harder than them because I'm doing. Three disciplines,
0: yeah. Well, it's not all the time we're doing three minute K's, is it? Um, I mean, considering for Ironman, it's more like four minutes 345, probably four not. minute K's, so um, but yeah, it uh, all translates. Um,
2: probably only done about five K's this
0: year at three minute pace. yeah. There we go. And I mean, our mate Jaden over here just went what 69 for half, half marathon, fresh, yeah, 69 flat. Yeah, mate, that's tidy as well. It just shows you, eh? You don't just need to run to run fast. Um, you can load up, you can load up your aerobic system with plenty of swimming and biking. And still, still smash out a good run. And yeah. uh, it helps. I think, not. It,
1: I think the difference is just like recovery. Like, I think it took me like two or three weeks to recover from that effort. Yeah, but it's like no joke. <laughs>
0: that's what I said to Ben but after that five K. It's like I've been on a horse for a week. I was, I was like, yeah, bandy leg, bloody trying to walk through Vancouver. I was like, mate, I am not going to be able to do road relays a week before then, are we? Um Yeah, it's yeah, it's a different type of um, intensity, isn't it, on the legs? Oh yeah, big time. Right, well, uh, we'll wrap that up there. Um, we're moving into our athlete uh, we've got on this week, which is Ben Phillips, who's just raced Ironman World Champs in Nice. We're drawn by him now. Right, we're here with uh, Ben Phillips. He's uh, just back in the country, uh, raced uh, world champs. I'm in world champs in Nice, uh, coming in at 23rd place. Um, So we're just going to have a bit of a chat to him today about a bit of his background in the sport, um, his build leading into Nice, and um, yeah, a bit of a race debrief. So, yeah, thanks for coming on, Ben, uh, for the first podcast here. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to uh, listening to what you've got to tell us. Yeah, thanks for having us into the studio, Brett. Yeah, not much of a studio, but (laughs) we'll get there, right? Right, so, um, yeah, I just want you to tell uh, listeners just kind of a bit about yourself, um, you know, where you're based, what what you do for work, and um, how you kind of got into try, and and, yeah.
3: Yeah, so, um, yeah, basically do a bit of Ironman racing. Um, Probably don't race as often as all the other guys sort of do, but... um, still working a, a job, um, run a structural engineering business in Christchurch um, and got a family with sort of two young kids. So time's a bit hard to come by. Um, so usually just sort of pack out a couple of races a year and sort of just train specifically for those with a, a bit more of a build up before them. Um, and then the rest of the year is sort of a bit more time sort of working and family life, I guess. Um, so yeah, a bit of a balancing act really.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure if a lot of age group athletes can relate to trying to manage uh, full time work and family. Um, obviously, you're doing it on another scale, getting to uh, uh, world champs for the professionals. So, yeah how do you how do you manage to kind of um, you know train to that level and and still uh, work and have family life? Yeah, so I guess well, I, I sort of started off I guess as an age grouper as well, um,
3: and sort of moved through the ranks there and did Kona a couple times. Um, and then basically got to the stage where I was sort of up that upper end of the field, and decided that you know probably I was good enough in the swim to sort of be competitive in that professional race, and may as well give it a crack. So yeah, luckily I sort of have got a bit of a background in swimming, um, which sort of helps, so I can sort of get away without doing too much swimming, um, and can sort of spend a bit more time focusing on that bike and run. Um, but yeah, in terms of what I sort of do now, um, yeah, it's sort of I guess. You know, sort of three swims a week, um, try and three or four bikes a week, and then try and run sort of five five sort of days a week as well. Um, yeah, and probably sitting around sort of that twenty five hours a week at the most, sort of in a build up. Um, yeah, and you know that sort of focus, sort of build up for sort of a couple months out from the race, sort of get up to sort of that sort of amount of hours per week.
0: Yeah, and I mean a lot of the guys you're going to be. Compete against what you did in Nice, um, you know, do this full time um, and, and you've obviously, you know, gone up against quality field and got a decent result um, with that. So, you know, is there more motivation there for you now to put some more time to training, see, see where you can take it or are you just happy kind of, you know, doing what you're doing at the moment?
3: Yeah I mean I guess it's a hard sport um, as a professional so you know I'm I can sort of look at it and go well you know there's not that much money there to be made doing it or anything like that so for more for me it's probably more just a enjoyment thing and just a bit of a challenge um so yeah and it's a difficult one um, I'd certainly like to sort of have a bit more of a crack as well at it um but at the same time you know you can't sort of just um tell that to the family and keep them happy. So, yeah, definitely balancing out with that. But I'd definitely be keen to sort of do a bit more and keep the training going now and build into some more races and link a few sort of training blocks together and see how we go.
0: Yeah, oh, that's great. So you, you had uh, a few decent results. Um, you got your qualification for Nice and Cairns with a place. place. Um, had a solid day out there. Um, and you've done a few Ironman New Zealand races where you finished uh, – come to be top 10 and and gone kind of low eight um so yeah really with your training and and stuff uh leading into nice uh you're in new zealand for most of it and uh right in the the coldest months um can you just run us through like a you know a, a week kind of uh you know just before you headed off to france and um and what that looked like
3: yeah, so I guess um, I looked at the, the France race and sort of thought, you know, it's going to be a pretty good field and the swim's going to be important. So I sort of did up the swimming um, and was swimming probably most mornings, um, weekday mornings yeah. um, early with, and got into the swim squad here as well. So I think that helped um, improve my swim quite a bit and it felt comfortable in the race over there. Um, so that was good. Um and then in terms of um, the biking and the running, it's sort of um, the main sessions I guess would just be we do a Tuesday morning um, sort of um, bike bike workout where there's a good bunch ride that goes with um, proper cyclists which usually turns into sort of probably an hour or close to an hour of quite hard riding in the hills. Um, and then on Wednesday morning we would sort of do a two-hour long run then. Um, And then the other main sessions would be just a long sort of five-hour ride on a Sunday on the TT bike, and Saturday morning would be a a quite hard run workout with a bit of speed work in there, Um, and I'd try and usually push that one out to sort of a 30k run as well, Um, so that was sort of a couple of hours. and, yeah, just so, yeah, I was probably riding three or four times a week, so a couple of other sort of rides in there, just sort of easy. Um, and then just quite a few sort of short runs, just 5K after swimming type thing, half an hour. Um, and then, yeah, just some some at night as well just to get the Ks up. Yeah. Um, but my running was probably sort of oh, 80Ks a week on average, I'd say, um, and biking probably 350, 400Ks a week. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of a you know twenty five hours a week. I sort of look at it and go, well, if I did put a whole lot more time into it, would it make much difference? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of a, a tough one until you've actually done it and tested, I guess, to see whether whether there would be benefit in doing more or whether it is a good balance having having work and stuff like that on the side.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you did some pretty solid weeks there leading up, and uh, it was pretty hard. Some of those days, pretty cold and windy, and. <laughs> um yeah trying to trying to hang on to your, your wheel almost run, running around the banks it was uh, pretty tough but um <laughs> obviously uh got you into some good neck and your preparation looked pretty different to most uh the guys you lined up against Are uh, probably training at altitude in uh lovely um european summer um so it just shows you that you know you don't necessarily need to have the best conditions or you know have an altitude block to get a good result um can't think there were many other athletes who probably had a similar build to you and uh, had other commitments on the side. So, um, kudos to, to yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, we, I think we got quite lucky with the winter
3: down here in Christchurch. It wasn't too bad this year, and um, we didn't get too much rain. There was a few weeks here where it was. Was a bit rough, but other than that, we we it was cold, but mm. you know you can you can put clothes on for that and do a little bit. I did a little bit of indoor training, but not a lot. Yeah. Um, probably only sort of two or three rides really on the indoor trainer when I had to.
0: You're not you're not big on Swift, are you?
3: Um, I have done a bit over the years, but I sort of haven't really gotten to the routine of regularly doing it. Um, I can definitely see the benefit of it. It's just mm. a matter of you know, getting it set up and and getting into the routine of of doing it um but yeah
0: i definitely sort of prefer to go outside if i can yeah for sure somewhere around the corner will should uh, be nice be a few nice training blocks leading into new zealand racing um so yeah let's just run into nice um just a bit of a debrief of the race uh yeah runners runners through obviously you got there a wee bit early get some uh training in um adjust to the heat and uh yes yeah, so runners through a bit of that and, and and uh take us off from the swim and um and bike and run and uh yeah, let the listeners know uh, kind of what it felt like yeah so i guess the main thing looking at the course is obviously the bike course
3: is going to be hilly and challenging um so that was sort of the main reason why i was keen to get over there a bit earlier was probably just to do the course and have a look at the downhill and um just test out that aspect of it Um what i didn't realize i didn't actually realize how hot it was going to be over there i didn't actually think it would be as hot as what it, as what it was um sort of on race day it was it was over 30 degrees, it would have been 32 degrees, and on the run it was sort of full sun with no shade and very little wind. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did get over there about two weeks before the race um, and, yeah, sort of spent that first week having a look at the bike course. So we did the full um, Ironman bike course a couple of times in that week um, to get, have a look at that. Yeah. Um But, yeah, it was was mainly get over there, do a week of solid training and then just sort of a week really winding it down and an easy week just before the race. Um, So, yeah, coming into the race, I was feeling good, Um, pretty confident in my swim from all the training that I'd been doing in that area. Um, So, yeah, race day, it was sort of an early start. I think we set off just before 7, so we had a walk down there from our accommodation. Um, It was good being in the pro race, you can sort of, get in don't have to queue up and you get the alternate access to everyone else which makes life a bit easier yeah Yeah. so that was good um and then straight down to the to the swim to have a wee. we were lucky enough to get a warm-up five minutes but um none of the age groupers did um but yeah the race so it was a water start um and basically everyone rushed in to get the left side of the boys to start on and i wasn't too interested in being in the pack and fighting everyone so i just sort of actually went out to the right side and sort of was by myself really with a few other guys around us but yeah. um had clear water straight away and um as i say like i've got a pretty good start in in the speed there so i wasn't too worried about getting left behind off the start either and missing groups yeah Um, So I actually felt quite comfortable for the first sort of 700 metres out to the first buoy, Um, and then it sort of all came together at that point.
0: What sort of pace did you reckon you started at?
3: Um, it wasn't crazy. I mean, you're probably somewhere between 110 and 115 pace okay. I'd imagine. It was it's fairly consistent. as well, wasn't it? Yes, it was non-wetsuit um, but the pace was fairly consistent. Like It wasn't a big sprint off the line but it was sort of that sustained pace the whole yeah. way out to that first buoy. Um, but as I say, I was really comfortable and happy with where I was. Um, it probably just got a few people too far back before that first boy, and um, sort of just after the sort of second boy, it started to split apart, which I didn't really realize um I sort of wasn't too worried about that happening because I didn't think we'd lose a huge amount of time in the swim, even to the front guys um so I mean uh, after seeing the bike horse, I wasn't too worried about losing a minute or so in the swim yeah um so yeah, I felt really comfortable and sort of sat in the top three or four of that second pack um all the way around to the finish, and then had a good transition and got on the bike and was basically straight into a, a nice wee pace line um, with Patrick Lang and Peter Heimrich, I think, on the front. Um, some good company for the bike. Yeah, I, so I was saw you
0: kind of coming out with D- was with you as well. Yeah, so I think yeah.
3: he took some time to put some socks and things like that on yeah. and some aero Euro sleeves and things. Yeah. Um, so we had a bit of time on him at the start initially and he sort of caught us this was just as we started going up the first climb really. Yeah. Um and we did have a motorbike with a drafting official sort of on us all the all the way really right from the start. Yeah. Um and it sort of seemed like he was pretty keen to give out some penalties. So we were all pretty spread out and um definitely definitely at the distance required.
0: Yeah, staying out at the draft sign. Yeah. Okay. Um so the first the start of the bike was um was a solid climb for over an hour, right?
3: Yeah, so basically it was probably 10 K's on the flat. Um, into into a hill um which i think was about 300 400 meters of elevation gain um before it sort of flattened out a wee bit and there was a bit of a downhill before the next sort of big climb which was basically up to the top of the bike course at about 1100 1200 meters okay um, so yeah it was basically sort of an hour and a half to an hour probably an hour 45 of climbing basically right to the top of the top of the course pretty pretty much straight away
0: yeah and with those those solid cyclists you were pretty keen to uh, you know stay on their wheel and and make up some time
3: yeah so Magnus leave, he sort of came past pretty quick and um, I sort of thought oh we'll see see what sort of pace he goes up at everyone was talking sort of pretty big numbers that he was going to be pushing but he wasn't actually pushing that hard at the start I mean it was it was a solid power and things like that but um, sort of where I was quite happy there and wasn't feeling too bad yeah and then he sort of got away on the next um, downhill actually after the sort of first climb um, and we'd sort of dropped a few of the others in the group by that stage um, and I sort of looked at the at the numbers and starting to feel it a little bit by the time we were sort of halfway up that next climb and I could see that the Patrick Lang and the group that he was with was sort of coming back to me anyway. So uh, sort of just made my way up there and sort of just thought I'd conserve a wee bit before I got to the top um, yeah. and managed to those guys sort of caught me probably five minutes before the top and was back into a nice wee pace line with those guys. So it was working out really well. Yeah. Um. Up to that point, we actually caught um. Jan Fredino just before the top as well, um, which was surprising, I guess, yeah. after all the talk about before the race that he was obviously in pretty good shape again.
0: Yeah, you would have been surprised to see him uh, and, and a couple of world champions around you at that point. What were you thinking? Oh, I was sort of thinking this is –
3: Perfect, really, but obviously, it seemed like Jan probably wasn't having the race if I was with him um, that he was after. But um, yeah, I definitely thought I was in a good spot, and I knew I didn't know how many people were in front of us because we hadn't sort of seen anyone or any crossover. Um, but I sort of thought there was probably 10 or so in front of our group. Um, so I sort of thought I was in a pretty good position and hadn't been passed by too many people, obviously Cam Worth came past and a couple of others, but, um, yeah, it was sort of thinking I was in perfect position running really at that stage of the race anyway.
0: Yeah. Nice. Okay. So then you had the, the plateau for a while, chance to refuel and, uh, get on nutrition. Were you kind of nailing that? Were you getting on electrolytes and, uh, getting your, your gels in? Yeah, it's sort of always hard to know,
3: I guess, because I was sort of using gels in a, a bottle. Um, yeah. So it's sort of like you're sort of guessing how much you've had and and all that sort of stuff. But up to that point, I was um, feeling like I had taken enough in and was just trying to keep it consistent. Um, so, yeah, we sort of got to the top of the hill. We're still in the group and um, sort of started down the first downhill and there was a few hairpins there and I actually was – sort of trying to close the gap to the guy in front and overshot the sort of second hairpin and ended up locking up the back wheel and skidding sort of into the barrier. So that's sort of oh. where I ended up losing the, the group of guys there, yeah. um, which I wasn't too concerned about. I mean, it was, it was disappointing because obviously I'd done the work to get to the hill with the group and then sort of thought, oh, this will work well over the flat to be in the pace line. But um, unfortunately, yeah, just... Went just, in a bit um, hot, yeah. Went in a bit hot, and sort of we came around a corner before the hairpin, and I, I was a bit late on the brakes. Just wasn't paying attention.
0: Yeah, and you'd—I mean, you'd ridden the course a few times, so you knew. Yeah, you knew you'd rough. I 20. mean, there's so many corners, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard to sort of remember as you're as you're
3: racing, and you know, we'd just done two hours of pushing um, up the hill at a pretty high power, so I was probably feeling that as well, and um, yeah, just a, a lapse in concentration there for a wee bit, but uh, that's why I lost the group across the flat, but. You know, um, it probably wouldn't have made too much difference, really. Okay,
0: so it was starting to split up a bit. Um, so, yeah, that from there, it was just r- kind of riding on your own descent back yeah. into Nice?
3: Yeah, so I wasn't
0: um, too concerned and I sort of thought
3: there'd be a few more groups from behind possibly coming coming across because um, we did do an out-and-back turnaround sort of at the top and I could yeah. see a few other guys sort of probably a couple of minutes behind. Um, but, yeah, they didn't really catch me until the the downhill a couple of guys passed me yeah um but yeah i was surprised that more people didn't sort of come through um they obviously weren't having the days they were after some of those back guys but um yeah so basically just um got to the downhill and yeah made my way back and i think two or three people might have passed me on the way back
0: yeah okay and i maybe not all the listeners know but um ben's ben's got a brother who's a professional triathlete as well he's in the race um we looking around waiting waiting for mike to come through Yes, I wasn't too sure where he was, but I
3: was. I was pretty. Um, I thought I'd take him in the swim, so uh, I thought he might be behind me. And then yeah. um, on the out and back, I did see him about probably th- two or three minutes behind me still. Yeah. Um, so I thought he would catch me because I wasn't biking too hard on the flat. But yeah, yeah. he just, yeah, didn't seem to. Obviously, wasn't having the day he was after either. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was expecting him to catch up and be able to get a tow back to town with him,
0: but yeah, that'd man, be good. Yeah, his brother's coming in for a, yeah, yeah. a baseline backhand. Didn't happen, so yeah, yeah maybe next time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, so um, yeah, coming into T two, um, yeah, how are you feeling on? Because it was quite a long run um, for that transition when I was watching on the, the live stream. You like kind of feeling okay initially and. You know, we used st- it was obviously starting to get pretty hot by then. So, yeah, take us through the run. Yeah. So, I did get
3: off the bike and it was a really long transition run. Um, and yeah, I felt okay, but running felt a bit strange and bare feet on mm. the hard sort of carpeted ground. Yeah. Trying to get through that transition area. So, um, once I got my shoes on and stuff, I felt fine. Um, and yeah, set out at that sort of a good pace as well, sort of just under that four-minute K, sort of 350s, I think, at the start there. Mm-hmm. Um, And didn't find it too bad, but, yeah, I definitely noticed reasonably quickly it was, I was starting to get quite hot. Yeah. Um, and so every aid station I was taking water, trying to get as much as I could ice, pour it over myself. Yeah. But, yeah, with those, they were sort of only handing out those small cups of water and ice. So you didn't get a hell of a lot of water out of them over yourself. So it was hard, hard to cool. Yeah. So it was definitely, I've definitely found it, it hot. And I think that was partly as well coming from obviously Christchurch winter. Yeah. doesn't help, you know, when probably the maximum temperature here has been, Ten degrees, I guess, if you are lucky. Yeah, um, during what,
0: the day, yeah, high
3: thirties, yeah, so low thirties probably. 30s. But you know, with that direct sun and no wind, um, and I guess coming off the bike as well is obviously taking its toll. Yeah, um, so yeah, definitely on the run, the heat played a factor for me. Okay, um, so yeah, I guess um, I just sort of felt good probably till or okay till halfway, and then sort of started grinding it out from there. Um, and yeah, sort of probably the last ten k, at sort of fell apart quite a bit and the pace yeah. sort of dropped off
0: um and yeah it was more about just making the finish from there really yeah yeah It always is that last half of the uh, marathon at the end of the Ironman and uh were you taking on your nutrition fine during that whole you know the back half of the run yeah so on the run I was uh I had a couple of gels with me I took them and they were okay
3: um, but mainly on the run I was sort of just having coke yeah, um, and there's Red Bull as well, so a bit of that. Um, so I was fine taking that, but yeah, I felt probably needed to have some more gels on the run as well. Yeah, um, yeah, don't don't know how how well I got the nutrition right in that race because I definitely definitely slowed a bit. Which is probably a combination of nutrition and the heat, I'd say.
0: Yeah. Okay. And did you take in any solids during the, the whole race, or was it all just uh, gels and liquid?
3: Um, nope. So, just, yeah, just gels and liquid for this one. Yep. Yeah.
0: So, okay. normally I'll have a bar or something, but in this one, yeah, just gels and liquids. A bit hard to get a bar down when you're trying to hold uh, Patrick Lang as well, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, nice mate. So twenty third place across the line. I saw you running in with Jan at the end, um, his last last race. So uh, getting some footage that would have been pretty cool.
3: Yeah, I guess um, yeah. So we were back and forth on the run quite a few times. He was he was um, stopping quite often, um, but he was still running. When he was running, he was sort of running a good pace, and then he. would He'd stop at an aid station and walk for a couple minutes, so I'd managed to pass him back. But, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I sort of thought I'd got him, and then on that last lap he caught me with about 2K to go. And, um, yeah, wow. I was sort of like – I was I was well and truly over it by then, but there was one thing I wanted to do, and that was beat yarn. So uh, it was sort of all in for that last couple of K, and then luckily we ran sort of shoulder to shoulder for probably – one and a half k and then he decided to let me go probably because he didn't want me in those photos <laughs> at the finishing shoot
0: <laughs> but um yeah so yeah he, wasn't, a wee tat yeah,
3: he sort tat of said you know. go because um i want to shake some hands but um, yeah fair enough yeah i, I didn't want to just um give it to him
0: no you can take that scout yeah. mate we'll give it to you then <laughs> um okay so yeah back in nz now obviously you've had a bit of a rest um yeah what what's what's next on your agenda um, and you're gonna, you gonna do a few races in new Zealand.
3: Yeah, so um yeah, had a couple of weeks off now and sort of just getting back into it. Went for a went for a small job today, so just trying to find some motivation again. But yeah. um yeah, we'll see what's next. Uh, not too much planned, but definitely keen to keep keep um keep at it and do a few more. So possibly Taupo seventy point three maybe in December. Haven't done a seventy point three for a while, so it'd be be good to give one of them a crack and um, be a bit easier than doing a full. Yeah, it
0: sounds good, Yeah, it'll be a pretty stat race, I imagine, with the uh, world champs coming up there in the year. um Just touch on your sponsors. Obviously, uh you're racing in the wind kit. Um, you're going to get a few phone calls after your result in Nice.
3: Yeah, we'll see. Haven't had any yet, but you never know. But yeah, so uh, yeah, are in the wind republic kit. So I had the custom suit for Nice. So. Um, yeah they definitely have a good system set up there to um, get a suit made and put your logos and everything like that on it and um, get sort of any design you want so yeah definitely recommend them and definitely a good suit as well yeah um, Yeah. so wait and see I mean I'm I'm still working and everything so I don't need to rely on sponsors and things like that yeah, so yeah. for me I'm sort of I don't go chasing sort of that side of it um, yeah. it's probably just yeah as I say not really worth it for me to spend my time trying to trying to get people like that on board um especially when you know it's so hard for even the top guys to get sponsors mm. like that these days so yeah I mean happy to happy to have a chat with anyone who's interested but um yeah, yeah we'll
0: see yeah that sounds good <laughs> all right Ben, all cheers are coming on for uh, like I said the first episode and um yeah awesome result in nice um keep at it and uh hopefully yeah we'll see you in topor and maybe uh man in uh in March
3: yeah we'll be line up against yeah
0: yeah better get to training eh? righto thanks guys see you later thanks for listening along to the first episode of the alternative triathlon commentary we'll be in every two weeks for an episode so um give us a follow and uh if you have any questions you want to dm us we are on instagram as well so yeah thanks again and uh We'll see you soon. Cheers.